This is a special midweek episode that was recorded live from a truck show with special guest Doogie. So let's strap down, strap in and do this. This is just another trucking podcast. This podcast was recorded by Dazza and Sam K live at Convoy Truck Show. So apologies for any background noise and the rain. Good afternoon. Welcome to Convoy at Donington Park. A special guest interview with uh, Doogie Rankin from Truck and Driver Magazine. We are live on YouTube. Uh, This is also being recorded for a special episode of Just Another Trucking Podcast. Doogie does a... uh, podcast as well don't you mate so we'll we'll come on to that in a minute but first thing i want to ask you Doug, is um, you used to work at plum center uh, yeah that's how i uh, got a job when i left school because mm. um i just needed a job doing anything and um i failed the aptitude tests for all the factories in livingston and they eventually took me on um yeah so i could get a car basically that's all i was worried about i yeah. needed a job any sort of job yeah well, just to get... having a car to meet women basically i'm <laughs> guessing that's what that's all about <laughs> Well, yeah, it was the 90s and that, so, you know, you had to go out and drive about and go to nightclubs and things if you wanted to yeah. meet anybody. Like, not many people had mobile phones, so... Yeah, no. If, if you couldn't, if you went out and about of an evening and you couldn't find anyone, you just had to, like, go home. Yeah. yeah. Generally, your mates and that, yeah, so... <laughs> obviously, yeah, the, the 1.2 Vauxhall Nova Diamond was, you know, that was a, uh, you know, a formidable babe magnet, so it was, I. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because my first um, actual driving job after giving up the DJing as you know Sam mm-hmm. um, the Ibiza days and everything like that was actually working for Plum Centre so I started on the vans and that's how I started my driving journey and then obviously went from that to class 2 and then on to um, on to class 1 now do you reckon that's sort of a good a good thing for drivers to look at doing sort of like current van drivers maybe taking the next step as we know there's a driver shortage so do you think that might be something that van drivers might be able to encourage those people into the HGV industry as well, like obviously moving on, like like I did, as like a stepping stone. A lot of companies are encouraging yeah. the, their current van drivers to do it. Fagan and Whaley have just started a new scheme to take van drivers on, um, and ultimately, um, ideally, get them out into Arctic. And they've started them off with these little Isuzu's, yeah, which are like tiny, they're like tiny little box van cut inside of. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. more like a little lorry than it is a van. Um, but I did. It's, it's, it's a, a resource to um, uh, consider for for sure. I yeah. Um, but the Plum Centre, um, the Plum Centre used to have a quite a really well known fleet of trucks as well because uh, the bright blue lorries. Yeah, it was yeah, Walsley, wasn't it? Is the, is the actual? Well, these were like quite well known, uh, and then they got rid of all that branding, which was a shame, really. Yeah. They were such well known trucks, um, and now they all have got like. Staff CFs with really rusty front bumpers and because <laughs> yeah. um, they used to have they used to have some quite smart kit back in the day. Yeah. Um, and I was always quite impressed with their drivers because they would be doing like multi drop to all the different branches throughout the day. Yeah. Um, which wasn't wasn't an easy thing to do going into all the different industrial estates and yeah. city centres and all that kind of all that kind of stuff. And I you never hear anything about their sort of transport operations that much any mm. much anymore either. But I, that's how I ended up there was I just needed a job to get some money. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it makes sense. Yeah. Um 
So we'll come on to voxels. What, why the passion for voxels in particular? What is it about the voxel brand that you love so much? Because obviously you've got your own YouTube. Um, what is it? Once driven, forever smitten. Is that is that the name of the YouTube channel? You've got. It is, Vox- yeah. yeah. Weird, like, I got re- for the first time ever, I got recognised from it today. I think I was 39. <laughs> really? The guy, said, the guy recognised me from Once Driven Forever Smitten, yeah. which I only started doing last year during uh, the coronavirus lockdown, shooting videos on my driveway because I had nothing to do. But my background, I used to be the editor, editor of Total Vauxhall magazine. Yeah. So I started on that in 2005 because that's, I, I knew That's I'll, no longer going anymore, isn't it? It converted into Performance Vauxhall magazine and then it got shut down because of Kelsey publishing it, to be honest. But the way that Vauxhall have gone with cars in general, it wouldn't have lasted anyway because yeah. they don't have any... Mm. They don't have sports models anymore. We used to be able to cover VXRs, VXR8s. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, high-performance cars, even the older ones, were still around in big numbers like your Cavalier... GSIs, Astra GTEs, but it's just all gone now. Vauxhall are um, just a really boring um, brand, you know. Yeah. Since they get taken over hey, by well, I could say that about a lot of cars these days because it's just genuinely appliances nowadays, aren't they? Really? Yeah, quite, a, quite a few of them are, as I, but the reason I was so into Vauxhall's was that there was a garage in uh, the village where I still live to this day. And it was only a few hundred yards from our house. I used to just walk in there and go and just take handfuls of brochures uh, and just take them home and read them and memorise them. And as it happened, you know, that that was one of the things that my brain would uh, take in. Passion from it from there. Well, it wouldn't. It doesn't take it. I only like, for some reason, I only like to learn things uh, of a certain nature I don't like mathematics or anything like that I can't yeah. add or subtract oh I bloody you know. do I can't do maths to save my life <laughs> I, um, but for some reason I could tell you um, every single thing about the entire Vauxhall range I just memorised it all and that, because the garage so many people owned Vauxhalls because of the town yeah um, the, I, it was just the most popular car going about and they had a really strong range of cars at the time, so that was uh, yeah. that's just how that all came about. If it was a Fiat garage or a um, or a Ford garage, you know, it yeah. could have turned out really differently. But that's just the way that it it was Vauxhalls. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, yeah. you saying that about like remembering stuff about like different cars, like throughout the throughout the era of Vauxhalls and stuff like that. I know exactly what you mean because I'm really into my minis, and I can tell you from. 1959 when they first made but when you're interested in something you will memorise all that sort of stuff wouldn't you've you you've got a classic mini on you mate you've got one that you do yeah yeah I've still, I've still got it it's in bits but I've still got it <laughs> they always are <laughs> yeah it's an ex classic yeah. mini at the moment but yeah so you were the editor of the Voxel Total Voxel was it and then you went on to how did it come about that you went on to Truck and Driver magazine from there uh, is it something you were like interested in looking at become to sort of journalist side of things or the only well I got into writing about the cars because I knew everything mm. about them and I, I was good at writing you know I used to write big in the early days of forums I used to write big long stories about things and uh, all sorts of stuff about cars and it just it yeah. went on from there and I picked it all up but I've, I've always read magazines from when I, like, a really young age from reading like you know the Beano and the Dandy up to um, Roy of the Rovers Mean Machines and, yeah. um, and then what uh, continually going on and then Viz Viz is probably my biggest influence unfortunately Viz. what was the one with the wheelbarrow what was his 
Buster Gonad. <laughs> Buster Gonad, that was it, Buster Gonad. I, I, um, the lorries came about, I mean, obviously, I, I liked lot. I was interested in lorries as well. There was, um, it was Future Publishing owned it at the time, and I lived in England, uh, down in Bath, and you had like 10 uh, car magazines, well, mm. view, um, transport magazines all on the same floor and trucking magazine like Trucking International was part of that and like they kind of sat on their own nobody was in the least bit interested in anything that they were doing except for me I would I would like um, gravitate towards their desk and talk to them about lorries and trucks and yeah. when driver CPC all started coming in uh, I, I thought uh, I made the suggestion I was like because it was quite a controversial thing at the time I said why don't I go and do, do everything that's involved because suddenly it became a whole lot more difficult to get your license. Yeah. I mean, I'll do everything that's involved with driver CPC, and I'll go and get my, my lorry license, and I'll go and write all the stories about it. And they said, okay, that's brilliant. So they got um, a training firm to go and... Um, yeah, I, I managed to blag my class to rigid training while yeah. I still worked in the car magazine. But I also had, like, a, a plan whereby I didn't like the direction the company was taking either. And I kind of was thought, I, I I want to move back to Scotland, but what am I going to do? So yeah. I figured out, I thought, well, I'll, go, I'll move up, I'll move back to Scotland and um, do car mechanics and I'll get into lorry driving as well and uh, write articles freelance for trucking. But I decided right at the start, I said, I'm not going to do anything to do with trucks in terms of writing about them or journalism unless I'm actually doing the job for real. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it was a so passion really from early days then. Same, same, as the, same as the cars really, you know. That, yeah, you, that's what yeah. you get when you know you, you start mm. smoking the bandit and uh, uh, for when you're four years old, you know, you, you've got an appreciation for the Kenworth as well as mm. the Trans Am. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, mean, uh, I mean, talking about passions and stuff like that, like sorry to bang on about a subject that I'm sure you're sick of talking about. But obviously, the passion for the HGV industry, passion for trucks, passion for driving, um, that seems a bit lost on the youth of today, definitely. I mean, I used to go out with my dad at half terms with, in, his, in his old truck all over Europe and stuff like that, and that's the reason why I do it now. But if you were to walk into primary school now, you, you probably can go, well, don't just walk into a primary school uninvited. You know, that, you get in trouble for that. But if you, if you sit there and go, you know, hands up, you actually want to be a truck driver, you wouldn't see a single one hand go up no. I don't think and I, but then again nobody's you're not allowed to take your kids out with you anymore um, I mean yeah, health and safety issues oh yeah dry, uh, company I mean, policies like you know yeah. not allowed to take passengers yeah. you know, I used to go with my dad you used to go with your dad yeah you know, it's, yeah I, it's um, it's a shame well it's I, I, I don't know how like sort of kids view trucks well the transport the, 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 Transport's not promoted very well as it is, you know. Especially lorry drivers the aren't considered. Oh, no. um, the, the, you know, in some countries you're considered to be a professional driver, and you're, mm. you're, oh, yeah. you're, you're thought of um, a lot more highly than you are in the UK. Um, yeah. But I don't know what kids think. Think of trucks today that much? Are they generally as interested in things mechanically or anything? Because my yeah. family wasn't. Well, I had one uncle who was a lorry driver, but. I used to see trucks going up and down, and you could, without even knowing about them, you would like start to like be interested in them, yeah. just picking things up because you would kind of work out what the numbers meant on them, 
if you saw a, a Scania 112, you would know that a 142 was a better one. <laughs> yeah. Say an, an E14 ERF or a DAF 3600, and you, you'd become gradually more interested in, mm. in all those things. And I don't know if, if kids feel the same. I think um, Euro Truck Simulator's probably got quite an important role to play to get oh, kids yeah. interested in trucks. Because um, I've actually got it for... Um, Renault sent me it. Uh, the whole the whole game unlocked to launch their um, Range T High, and I'm not sure how many trucks have been sold off the, the back of any of that. Uh, but it was an interesting and different way to 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 go about to go about it, and um, it it does give you a kind of little bit of taste for transport, and hopefully it would get kids more interested in it if it's more difficult than it. it to get out with your dad, plane coming over. Yeah, yeah plane's coming over. Oh yeah, hold on a second. Uh, we got flying traffic. Just, just a moment, guys. Um, are we looking on the rain, Sam? Is it, is it going to damage anything? Are we, are we all right? I'm are still, we... I haven't been electrocuted yet, so don't worry. We're, about we're it. still, <laughs> we're still going. We're persisting with it. Yeah, we might no, be we're, flooded we're, on the bed in a minute yeah. of the truck, but we're, we're going to go with it. That's right, the bed um, needed cleaning anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh, that brings us nicely on to the next subject to talk about, because you mentioned on a recent podcast about a bit of a project to do with like trying to tackle the driver shortage. Um, have you, uh, have you pr- uh, proceeded with that? Is there sort of anything in the pipeline that you might want to just give us a sneaky preview of what you might be working on? Because uh, you did say you might get some, uh, like a panel of people together yeah, and go to the government with, with something like to yeah, encourage people into this industry because obviously we've seen that we, I don't think any of us know what the figures are but we pretty much know that Oh no, people are crying out for drivers. I've heard of like <laughs> owners of companies coming up to speaking with our, our guys and saying, "Oh, we got you know it's struggling for drivers." I, I've seen, I've been to a few depots recently and seen units parked up, yeah. you know, not working. So, what what have you got anywhere with that sort of thing, or is this something you've been thinking about? No, it's, I haven't done anything so far with that yet. I did put something in the magazine. I wrote a page mm. of quite small text. Uh, with like no pictures on it in the magazine all about it Uh, um, and I put that in there and I've had a few responses to it yeah well I I wanted to get just a group of people right across a whole broad section of transport that that never get asked their opinion on anything and just um, talk about everything all the issues that are involved with things and come up with a whole load of potential solutions for it just for the sake of doing it you know it's not um, just because I've never had that sort of broad variety of people all, all talking to each other before yeah. and everybody I've, I've spoken to like, um, guys who run like five trucks owner drivers I've spoken to a guy who runs 70 um, and it's just basically uh, I just a um, talking project really going and then I write everything down and just um See how we can encourage See, people into yeah, yeah, well, it's into t- the, the problem you've got. The problem you've got is that a lot of the big companies just don't get it, and neither do the mm. a lot of the um, the RHA are stuck in a lot of ways because um, they've got to represent the interests of some really big corporations and things. Well, the I'll, supermarkets I'll, have um, created so much of these problems for themselves. Yeah, well, they've... Uh, they've the oh, well, like sacking off in, the subcontractors at the beginning of COVID. But yeah, we'll leave just, that alone. Well, <laughs> I mean, they've done it for years. They've just treated people horrendously for a yeah. long time by taking their, 
you know, making people sit in waiting rooms, leaving trucks sitting for five hours at a time. Mm. There's not as bad a lorry, well, lorry shortage is what you might think because you've got so many trucks, but they, they, they leave them sitting for five hours or a whole day in some cases. Yeah. And, and they could be doing other other work, couldn't they? You know. I don't... Um, I think, I think um, hauliers need to get... It's having that confidence because in the past, if you said no to something, somebody would come in behind you or undercut yeah. you or somebody else would go and do it. Yeah. But the well, kind of situation is now that you can turn around and say, no, we can't do this, sorry. And uh, But the customer can't now go to... They can't phone anybody else to go and do it because there isn't the capacity. Yeah. So it's going to... Things are changing in transport. It's kind of hard to work out everything that's everything that's going on because there's yeah. just so much uh, all going on at the same time, and, yeah. and it's all different in different parts of the country. East Anglia is particularly hardly hit, hard hit uh, mm. with, with, with shortages, um, but it's maybe not the same in other parts. But yeah, there are mm. guys with like half a dozen trucks parked up and no drivers for them. Um, and that's quite that's a serious thing if you've got Euro 6 trucks yeah. sitting with the, that you're paying out money on there's a lot of things and also it's not sustainable for um, a lot of these uh, high wage crazy agency rate things that are yeah. getting yeah. going out at the moment yeah. anyway it's all just well, that, all well, over the place it's all like, over the place well, a lot of that well you right. see it on Facebook like on the HGV drivers forums and stuff like that and you know the, you get the I won't get out of bed for less than £50,000 brigade but but the thing is that a lot of people are going, ah, we're finally getting what we deserve. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, yes, but it's only a temporary state of affairs until the market calms yeah. down. And will that push, you know, prices up in the, uh, let's say, supermarkets, stores, whatever? That's what makes it a temporary and state will, of affairs. You know, if you're a driver and you're earning more money doing that, but then you're paying your, your, let's say, your wife or your partner, you're giving them some money to go and buy the shopping, you, they're going to be spending more money on the shopping. So really, you haven't... No one's... I Everyone's sort of lost, really. Oh yeah, you know it's it is a bit of a a, a big talking point in a minute. The driver shortage. Um, well, I, I don't know how competitive a supermarket wants to be, but if you go online and look up look up the profits of any of them, mm. they're like oh, hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds. Yeah. So they can go and start ramping their prices up as well. But they've also they're the ones who've got the big cushion of money. Yeah. You know? Oh, you guarantee not, they won't pass the, the, the money oh, yeah. on to the, the to the customer. It's going to be like, oh, well, this will go up a pound an hour, that, uh, a pound of product, that'll go up a pound of product, you know, it's just, just, just to cover that, that initial outgoing, I suppose. And it's not, it's not just um, haulage either, it's suppliers and farmers mm. and all that stuff as well. You yeah. Know? It's, uh, so, but I, I don't know, who, know, who knows where we'll be in like a, a, a year or two's time, but it's going to take a really long time and a sustained effort and yeah. there has to be um, a lot of fundamental changes and in investment to think, get more drivers well, into well, the Do you think it'll get worse? Do you think it'll get worse before it gets better? Think, or? Yeah, probably. It'll get, um, it, it, I think it's a, it, it probably get oh, there's going to be some weird things happening going forward. Like, Do you uh, think the government might look at like training like like, let's say they might take away like the CPC or they might I've heard a rumour that they might sort of like uh, do a thing where you pass your class one and then you can opt to go straight to your class uh, sorry your right, class. Rid, uh, they're going to get rid of the, they're probably going to get rid of having to do the rigid licence before the Arctic yeah. which is fine because that's a money making scheme well, there's I plenty must of folk I must admit as somebody who had to do a class two and then didn't have really the funds to go straight for class one that mm. is really annoying <laughs> Well, it used to be uh, back in the day, class three, class two, class one, wasn't there? I don't you know. You go straight for your class one. 
Yeah, and you used to be able to go like for what you wanted to really drive, you know, and then you could drive that class of vehicle from there. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of the day, we've come out of Brexit, we're out of Europe, we can make up our own rules and stuff now. Why don't we start implementing stuff now rather than waiting until it gets to a complete disaster where we really are struggling for food on the shelves? I've seen, you don't know what to believe on Google or on the internet or whatever, but you do see pictures of like, Supermarkets with empty shelves and stuff like that, and certain oh, yeah. people are putting things online and thinking this is the driver shortage hitting it. But and then I go to the supermarket and the st- the, s- the stores are full, so you don't know, you don't know what to believe online. But I think there is definitely a, a driver shortage, and it probably will get worse. Anyway, we'll leave the driver shortage debate there. Have we got any comments at all, Sam? Uh, people, if you want to chuck your, your live comments um, into uh, the well, comment section. Well, to be honest with you, I've been looking at it, it's mainly just people bashing Eddie Stobart, right, so we'll, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, don't, don't bother <laughs> with that there. Um, the Foden truck, your your Alpha truck. Um, don't know that anymore. No. Sold it, well, I mean, I bought it because I was going to use it uh, to be on a driver, and then the, 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 I got offered the trucking driver job basically and it, just at the same time mm. I'd got my operator CPC and got stuff sorted out so I couldn't turn down doing this job so my mate Stephen borrowed it when his, re- his Renault uh, had to come off the road for work and ever since then I mean it, um, it's not a show truck but it's probably it was one of the very nicest working alphas left you just yeah. don't find them like that and I was fortunate to get it from Ian Brumpton it would have been the, per- it would have been the perfect truck but I realised last year is that you can't leave trucks sitting about. No, and that's no they just rot, don't they? That's why oh, Chris yeah. Madison sold us to somebody else. Is I was just about to come on to that, actually. You can't, so you can't <laughs> leave trucks sitting outdoors no. um, and not use them. Oh, it's, 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 it's one of the worst things to do with them. The two worst things, you know, run it, run it without water in it and leave it standing. Just let it to seize, weather. It's I, just going to ruin I it. I sold it to uh, Stephen because it just wasn't... I told him I says this is all the stuff that I've done to it and that's the money that I've invested into it yeah um, and I was like you know it's um, I says you're not going to he knew it. I says you're not going to find another one kind of in honest condition like that he only done 660,000 kilometres I think mm. uh, so I, he's got it now he's also got um, a really nice left hand driver in a range T high because he needed a Euro 6 for his work yeah. um, but he has got the Foden as well which gets hooked up and does a bit of a bit of tipper work sometimes as well so um, it was by far and away the best thing for me to go and do with it there was just no point in me sitting it there for me to run it down to a couple of shows a year it just doesn't um, yeah. work like that it's too it's too much um, it's too much of an too much money lying about that you then you then end up needing to spend loads more money on just to keep going so I hmm. um, it's just the way it's just the way that um, things um, worked out you know that's Nah, I, nearly, I, I might have moved to Canada at one point um, in 2016, but that um, that never happened either. So just the way that life turns yeah, out, you know, I might, who knows? Depends how life turns out, really. But you mentioned Chris Madison there with his um, with his Foden as well. Obviously, he can sold I, that. Can I, just, can I just say the most heartbreaking hot life story <laughs> of 2021? <laughs> Obviously, he sold his, but he's, it's gone to a nice home. And like he said on your podcast that. Um, he didn't want it sitting in his yard, rotting under a tree, which is pretty much what you've just said about. Um, how did the the Chris Madison thing? How did you get to know each other, and is, where is that friendship developed from? And how did you think about? There's a couple of questions here. Um, where did the idea of like doing a podcast come from? Or is it something you just sort of like? Well, we need to, you know, sort of come 
come forth with Truck and Driver and take that into the next level of social media, make a podcast, or was it something you just thought about, like the first one, do it as a bit of a laugh and see how it went, or how did it come about? I know I'd, I'd wanted to do a, a, a podcast for, uh, about lorries for a long time because I was mm. like, well, it's the perfect media for truck drivers because you're just you're sitting driving for huge parts of the day so you can listen to the radio it's a really good way of getting um, stuff out there and I thought is when I first started a couple of um, when I did a couple of pilot ones as well the first editing company we went to was like yeah it was, yeah you were just talking you were you were off rambling on about all sorts of strange things and all that so I removed all that for the podcast and I was like I said no no that's not the point you know some of the certain certain podcasts have got like topics and the, um, I mean I've got one that's just about to come out about telematics um, mm. where I was speaking to a guy oh, whose God. company is a, well it's a guy whose company actually managed to utilise it successfully um, on seven and a half tonners and um, he was he, I was talking to him on Twitter so I said would you like to come on and, and talk about uh, talk about that and um Ah, it was just I knew I'd known Chris from because of Fortins and speaking to him at Truckfest and, and things like that, and I'd wanted a um, a driver as well. I wanted somebody who was happy to come on, who had like a bit of a kind of good sense of sense of humour and mm, everything to go yeah. and talk about things. Um, I'm, I'm glad that I've got my little my little uh, pool of uh, podcast contributors uh, between Paul and Matt and, um, and Chris and on occasional sort of special guests as well. Uh, it, it's turned out. Ah, uh, it's nice. It's turned out really well. It's got a nice little cult following to it, and um, uh, I'm really, ple- really pleased with the way it's turned out um, overall. Uh, I think most of the the episodes have been with, with a lot of them have been with Chris Madison. Though is that a, a friendship that's developed from that, or did he start? How did you guys sort of like meet initially? Was it even uh, uh, truck uh, truck fest in Fordens? I think talking yeah, about the, the talking about all that sort of stuff. I and I can. Uh, knew him for that he had a very dry entertaining sense of humour and things so I thought right you would be um, you would be quite useful to uh, yeah. you, you would be um, a good candidate to come on and co-host a, I know Sam's a big me. fan obviously I think you're I love fan. it I will admit yeah, I do like <laughs> it <laughs> so well this I mean the truck of that worked out and the same with um, Paul in Ireland who's done so yeah, many Matt. Amazing oh, yeah. different things as well, and obviously that, Matt Ireland. Matt, uh, Matt does some YouTube as well, doesn't he? I've seen some YouTube videos. Yeah, like, but, but yeah, I find him in his Trans Am days. To be mm. fair, but I mean, we listen to. But I mean, my two podcasts, the same as you used to probably Sam, are just another trucking podcast that we're recording for today, and uh, truck and driver podcast. Well, would, more the podcasts, well, the merrier, isn't it? Because it's better well, listeners to the dross on the radio. Part of the reason for like the like just another trucking podcast and the truck and driver podcast, like the reason for the success, success sorry, is the um, is the tangents, like the little funny bits. I mean, like I would say, I was I nearly crashed the truck when you and Chris were talking about porn magazines, <laughs> like fan oh, yeah, in a hedge. Man, I was absolutely howling, but that's the bit that people remember, and that's what make people than... follow. I would say. What was the uh, the subject with the blood and the rusty screwdriver? Can you remember what you referenced to in that um, podcast? What was it? There was one of the podcasts and you were talking about blood and rusty screwdriver. I can't remember. I did stab my hand at one point with a rusty screwdriver. That was, that's quite, what it was. Quite, quite recently, which is, uh, it might have been something to do with that. <laughs> You're not a big I, blood fan, are you? No, no. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember. But I could a lot of them as well because people ask you specific details about something on one of them and I'm like, I, I don't know, mate. It was like four weeks ago. <laughs> I don't... I'm... I'm uh, 
haven't been back to listen to it uh, back again. But we do try our best to get one out every week. Um, yeah. Because um, we, we do get people asking um, for where, where they are as well. Um, mm. And I'd, I'd be quite interested to see the demographic of people who listen to the podcast but don't buy the magazine. Um, yeah. I would say that... No, that I've got no interest in uh, the, the print media, but like the new media, because... Um, I would well, say it would help with sales, Nobody's ever done any research on that, that sort of mm. side, of, side of things, but it is quite a new, a new um, thing anyway. Uh, yeah, I'd so like looking to, at the analytics of what your podcast uh, reaches oh, yeah. and stuff, yeah. yeah I'd, like, I'd like to go and do... Obviously, we, we, the thing about it as well was we ran straight into coronavirus as, with it as well. Yeah. So we couldn't go anywhere and do a lot of things as we normally would have done last year. Um that hopefully we'll be able to do a bit more with um, going forward now restrictions have lifted and hopefully life can get a bit more back to normal um, yeah but I that, that was um, a lot of it yeah you were just it was recorded remotely sitting in the house or sometimes when he's out in the truck or sometimes well if I can escape and get out in a truck as well oh yeah recorded, recorded like um, that but I've got Paul recording one for me today which is a new thing He's speaking to somebody and recording it for the podcast. So I've got nothing to do with it. Um, I'll just introduce it, and then yeah. um, he's supplying it. And um, uh, I can't actually remember what it, <laughs> what it was about, but it sounded good. Um, yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, go for it. Please um, have a go. At, have a go at it yourself." Yeah, yeah. That's normally with the way of these things is um, it's just a trial, trial and error, really, and see how you feel about things going forward. Same with us when we started this truck vlogging show. Well, yeah, I thought, this is I mean, one of my ambitions when I started the the truck vlogger show to actually do this sort of thing on a truck. Um, but I never thought it would come to reality, and here we are. You know. What I mean? Oh yeah, just, but, the, but the thing is, like, it, it's horses for courses, isn't it? I mean, like, you know, but. I mean, I guess the sex life was a bit lax for a few months, so I started recording myself <laughs> driving, you know, making deliveries. Now I'm driving in, making deliveries. But people watch it and people enjoy it. And mm. it seems it seems to have, you know, I've had people messaging me, Sam, you, you know, I found your videos, you were quite funny, the job looked like fun, and um, and I've decided to go for my class too. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. congratulations. I hope you have fun with it, you know. Yeah. You know, but obviously, again, going back to a previous subject, you know, that... It, that's not. I'm not giving a sea of negativity. Going, you know, you know, gaffer's a yeah. rude word, and you know, stuff like that. You know, I'm like, yeah, the job's great. If you work hard at it and do what you want, the job's fucking brilliant. <laughs> well, that's it. I was. Well, I, I mean, I don't do truck vlogs of Andy Lee because it doesn't allow it. But um, when I used to do truck vlogs, try to show the light of the HGV industry. You, you know, you try to show the good side and bad side because. I think it's good to expose both of it. What's your opinion on vloggers? And do you think it's a it's a bad thing for the industry, or do you think you know it's just showing it as a whole, and you know it's something that's you know available to view on online, and people should be you know if they want to look into getting into trucking, possibly look at truck vloggers as yeah. Well, I'd imagine that's that's one of the first mm. ports of call that people would from the outside looking in would go and do that. You've got a lot of people who are just generally kind of interested in trucks so that I've got no intention yeah. of ever going to get the license that would watch that sort of um, side of things but, but aye it, it's it, it's something that might help get um, more, pe- more people um, uh, mm. into the industry it's not it's not something that, um, sometimes they say, oh you need to watch this truck vlog and it's somebody ranting on about problems in the industry for 10 minutes I'm like well I don't well I know all that you know you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir and all that sort of stuff eh? yeah so 
Oh, it's uh, it, it's um, it, there needs to be a huge effort to try and get more and more people into the industry and and, uh, and do it in different ways. And it's not, I mean, it's not perfect. The industry's got pro- it's got problems and things. Well, no, things no job's perfect, is it? There's maybe there's maybe no, there's plenty of other jobs that are, are um, more difficult and worse. Yeah. And it, it, it's, ah, it's but um, I, w- I don't know about you, Sam, but I wouldn't do anything else. I used to I work in do IT. Anything I, else. I love my job. I, love I was working in IT. I was travelling in, staying in five-star hotels, eating yeah. their food, drinking their beer. And you know what? I don't think I'll go back to it. I think <laughs> the job as a truck driver is just to bloody moan about everything. That's that's. Yeah. <laughs> you'll find truck drivers that just moan about everything. But we do the job because we love doing the job. It's just obviously there's certain aspects of the industry that perhaps, you know, like getting your curtains cut at the services, that's really yeah. going to piss you off. You know what I mean? And, oh, no, especially when you leave. And then you get those are pulling you over anyway. and finding your left, right and centre. Um, you get it's the CPC. You know, yeah, there's so many things that nitpicky. You think, oh, well, do I really want to be doing going into that industry? And like they, people might look at it and go, nah, it's not for me sort of thing. When before, like, let's say, 15, 20 years ago, they probably would have been, oh yeah, it looks like a good career, good yeah. money, no hassle, you know, treated well, you know, not nah, do you, you know, you don't get treated the best at some places, you know, I've been spoken I, to like crap at some places. I you don't know, know. I, I, I turn up with a smile on my face. A, a, I guess a, you a just get on with it, don't you? If ever, then whatever, you know, I don't care. But, <laughs> so, but like I was saying, like a percentage of the population will not go into the industry because of those problems, you know, so it's got to be something to change. Anyway, Moving on, um, I'm going to come on to pets now. Cats or dogs? I know, I know which you're going to say, but oh yeah, well, I mean I've got um, uh, two cats, and when well on my Facebook and mm. uh, page, one, one of them's you know quite he's popular and got quite a big <laughs> following, and he wasn't well the other week, and yeah. I was getting loads of messages about him because I was. How's he the, doing now? He's all right. He can't have uh, posh food anymore. He can't have luxury cat food because he's eight years old now, and he can't. But are they he's got old and he can't? He can't digest it, so he's got to have like the plain food now. Yeah. So tough for him, really. My missus is a big cat person. Are they as mental as like my missus' cats? Because they are just crazy. Uh, cats? Is it just that personality, or you know what I mean? Because. I mean, are, I, you, are you calling our guest a crazy cat man? No. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy cat man, yeah. No, um, I've always been a bit of a you know dog, dog lover, let's say, but um, not so much cats because I find they just want to tear the crap out of me, claw me, you know, or something like that. Maybe they just don't. Maybe they see some evil inside me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. But yeah, so um, where did that sort of cat? Uh, loving side come from is it some you've always had cats as pets or I moved into a farm cottage back in 2013 where the farmer lived there and he said do you want a cat and I never loved him more. and so I was like yeah, yeah okay then and he was like here there's your cat I was like thanks <laughs> the problem is, is I mean people I, I was away a lot so how can and I live on my own so how can I have a dog I can't mm. take the dog away with me in the truck everywhere I can't do this and that so if I was going to have pets I've got cats and the only reason I've got the second one is because I found her abandoned at the side of the road somebody had like left her in the middle of nowhere yeah, so right. I don't want her anymore so that's just how I ended up with, ended up with the two pets that's mm. um, I mean it's bad isn't it we see truck really. bloggers with like um, like overseas like American ones and they have their dogs in the truck and stuff like that and it's like over the, in this country there's policies of companies like same as taking passengers you can't have your pets in the lorry but if you want to do that you need to be an owner driver really you know that's it um, owner driver yeah you can oh, obviously do what you want but, but like companies obviously not you know 
no dogs or whatever. I mean, you wouldn't have a budgie or a cat in the lorry, but... <laughs> but I, I know, mean, I wouldn't mind a parrot. <laughs> what? Sam! Yeah. You're a wanker, Sam! Yeah, I could use that as my left-hand turn warning, to be fair. Why don't you get a glass one? sorry. Wait, you should have been able to. Like, with the new, if, the, if it does come in, like you should be, you should get a. Don't, like, don't, a, don't get me started. It is a bit annoying, <laughs> but you know what? I'm, I'll be a highly yeah. trained driver because of it. There we go. Do you have any uh, decent live comments at all, Sam, from the stream? Is there anything that anyone's asked of anything or anything you want to ask? Um, my mum says hi. We... <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my mum says hi. Oh, uh, hello, mum. Um, but uh, Luke Thompson. Um, what what do we make of the um, new XG Plus, the new DAF? I reckon it's an absolutely sexy looking thing, if I'm perfectly honest with you. Is that the one that looks like a Scania? Get out. <laughs> Get out. All tracks are going to look like Scania in 20 years. Just shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, what do you reckon on it, Doogie? Is it a bit of a, um, is it a, sort of a bit of a game changer or is it just going to be another run-of-the-mill fleet spec piece of... No, whatever. it certainly won't be fleet spec. It's a, hu- it, it's a big price jump over the... The existing XF, so they're mm. going to, um, you're going to be have to working on the principle. It's going to um, be, um, it's going to hold, it's going to hold its value more if you're investing more into it. And um, I mean, the, initially it looks at the qualities there, but the thing that DAFs have continually been criticised for over the past few years is sensors and electrics. Yeah. So they, they say that they've invested vast amounts of money in the truck yeah. testing it um, in all extreme conditions so are we going to see um, an improvement more there because if you, a lot of operators are oh. huge fans of the truck but have found that you know it's a, a electrical glitches are the, are the usual the usual things that um, let, the, uh, let it down um, I would say as well that it does need it does need more power. Um, the the new 530 mm. has got more torque. They have up that, but they've also completely. If you look at the mechanical spec, they've completely reworked the engine. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to speculate that there's no way they've done that to stay at 530. They're going to yeah. jump that up. Oh yeah, um, about a shadow a, of a doubt. Jump that up a bit more. I don't think. You always hear the rumour because the pack air supply Cummins engines in America and Peterbilt's and Kenworth's, so they already have, they already know how to make the engines talk to all their, well, their, their software. Well, but would, honestly, would it make the emissions legislations, would it? No, the Cummins would, yeah, yeah, in America. Yeah, yeah I mean, you could have a, a, a 600, Cummins in this. 600 horsepower plus engine, uh, but I can't, I, I don't see that um, going into the DAF, but I'm sure it's. Um, I'm sure that big XG well, cab will prove very popular. And well, I mean, I mean the, the two things I would say from that, like I would say the DAFs currently, even the ones that are currently out there on the road, are powerful enough. It's just that bloody eco mode. If you get the eco mode turned off, they pull like little trains. No, Obviously, we're not talking like R620 territory, no. but they, they'll go, they'll go quite, they'll go well enough. Well, the, the thing, a lot of them are spec. They've got an extremely long diff ratio as standard. So you're sitting at mm. just over a thousand RPM at 56 mile an hour. The minute you knock that back down to 53, 54, yeah, it's struggling to hold 12th anywhere as much as it should. And you really and want it, to knock it down into 10th. Well, it comes down to spec. It's spec a lot of the time. Where quite a lot of them, I think, would be well, would have been well served mm. for having the lower diff ratio. So it's sitting about 1200 RPM. Um, at 90s, you've got a better sort of spread of gears. Yeah. 
Um, and of course, it, the, the, the prerogative of that um, software in the um, the DAF is to hold on to the, the, the gears for as long as possible. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, if you were to drive, because the Iveco and the MAN have got the same basic gearbox, which yes. is the Traxxon. Yeah. But, um, like, the, well, the MAN has multiple modes in it, but the Iveco just comes away. It does, and it's it's much livelier. It'll change down a lot. Well, the thing is, obviously, Iveco through history have been have been good good with power and stuff like that. But obviously, they just Iveco just you know flat across the range. What you buy is what you get. <laughs> uh, well, they've got a really good product with with the S way, and um, they've got a lot of interest in it. That five seventy engine's a flying machine. The thing that hold the thing that they really can need to address cab-wise, and it's a simple thing, is just that big slab of black plastic on the dash. Yeah. If they were to give it a bit of sort of brushed aluminium or carbon fibre or walnut or something, well, just to change your perception of it. Well, there might be a special with. edition coming down the line. I know I was talking to one of the Iveco reps earlier, and yeah. they, they said that they, they've got some special things coming in the pipeline, whether it, it materialises or not, but yeah, it might be a, yeah, a uh, development going forward. Do you think the manufacturers are, like, taking notice of driver like drivers more getting drivers in to give their input on any, uh, yeah, any, uh, any, because any truck when it's built has, has got several driver focus groups yeah. looking at it you know yeah. to say the MAN are going to do one in the UK I believe because they've got the mirror cam thing coming out Yeah, but they want to get people in to go and have a look at it first mm. to see how hard they're going to push it Yeah, because DAF, DAF have it as well but it'll be interesting to see how the systems differ Across the different the different models and how they've approached it and what improvements are the improvements are there because you'll probably find with it well at the DAF and the, the MAN that it's not you'll see you'll see more of them with mirrors on them yeah. because it's not pushed you know Mercedes um, well, the pushed it very heavily as stand as a standard well, sort of feature so obviously I like what DAF has done um, obviously with the way they've waited obviously like, everyone's going oh the same cab design since 1988 will they ever update and stuff like that suddenly they've come out with the biggest cab in the um, industry because they waited for the new EU legislation plus watched to work um, work out Mercedes little screw ups with the mirror cam and now they've come out with something decent and bloody planes <laughs> <laughs> it's like having a slingshot at the truck press oh, isn't it a slingshot and bloody um, swamp thing in yeah, the background Baldwin, yeah. everyone on the stream could hear us alright though because yeah, the mics yeah, yeah. are condensing just, yeah the plane just went overhead so we yeah. couldn't hear each other <laughs> um, guys we're going to go and dry off I think what do you reckon Sam because well, we're, yeah, we're, I think the blue, the, the, big blue flash is about to wink the, so, yeah, yeah. Gonna, uh, we're going to end the stream there but thank you very much for doing it from Truck and Driver magazine Fa- mm, appreciate yes, you coming on you. that's fantastic mate thank you uh, no problem thanks very much um, hope you enjoy the rest of the show um, yeah. hopefully, hopefully it's a bit drier than tomorrow <laughs> I, I plan on getting drunk sh- enough for yeah. it to not matter if I'm perfectly honest with you <laughs> uh, thanks bye. a lot bye bye thanks bye